Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's the right journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Hi, and welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect. I am Christine. And I'm Regina. So, (laughs) tell me, spill the tea. I have been having a lot of issues with my Apple products. Over the years, like my phone will freeze and and stuff like that. But more recently, I have a T-Mobile data plan that is supposed to allow me to have data abroad. But the past two times I went abroad, my data was not working. So I call T-Mobile. T-Mobile tells me it's Apple. I call Apple. They tell me it's T-Mobile. So I've been doing this back and forth for like months now. And I've been on the phone with both Apple and T-Mobile for like two to three hours each. And I was just like annoyed and frustrated. I'm about to go on a trip again. And I was like, okay, I want to just guarantee that the next time I leave this country, my phone is going to work. And I called T-Mobile and they're like, well, we can't do that because we can't test the network. So I was just like feeling really frustrated. So I was like, maybe I just need to get a new phone. You know, maybe that'll help me fix everything. Like I've had this phone... Well, well, this is a whole other topic, but phones are now $1,200 in case you did not know. And yeah. for, an, for an object that you have to change every two to three years, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, so I was like, okay, maybe I need to get a new phone. I get to the Apple store. I'm like trying to explain myself to this guy who was working there. And before I ever get to like finish my thought, the guy cuts me off and I'll be like trying to explain. He's like, no, it's not our phone. Okay. Well, you need to call this person. I'm like, okay, I already called that person. And I'm like trying to explain it into the next point, And he cuts me off. And it got to the point where I literally looked at him and I was like, you're frustrating me so much right now. Can I please talk to someone else? And he was he like, said that. Yeah, I said that because like I would like explain like, hey, I've had this problem with my phone and it's affecting my computer. Like, I think it's my iCloud. He's like, your phone doesn't have a problem. I'm like, okay, but I'm trying to explain to you like this is my your phone doesn't have a problem. It's not your computer. It's not. Oh, my God, bro. Let me speak. (laughs) (laughs) So it like literally got to the point where I was like, okay, I want to talk to someone else. He's like, no, no, no. I can help you fix this problem. He's like, oh, Oh. let me just make you a genius bar appointment. And I was like, okay. He's like, so what do you want me to put down as your situation? And I try to explain again. And I was like, you're not letting me finish. And he says, you're not letting me finish. And I was livid. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wish you guys can see her face right now. I could feel the fumes coming off of her from the phone. I was so frustrated and the thing is like i am not a person that gets like easily frustrated to the point where i'm like literally telling the person to their face like i don't want to talk to you anymore but that's like the point that i got to and even like another worker came over and she was like oh i can help take over he's like no it's okay i got this and i feel like usually in these situations like you know the person if we're both frustrated at each other then the common thing is to just be like okay well then i'm not gonna help you anymore right yeah but he was like no no no, i'm gonna finish helping her and my mom thought that was hilarious because we're both like just fuming at each other and he's like insistent that he like helps me finish make this appointment i wonder if like on his end he's 
had many complaints so they're like okay you've had too many of these like bad surveys so you know get your act together so with you you just having to walk in the door and he's like no i would turn this around i really did try to like look at it from his perspective but i was so angry and so upset (laughs) and then shortly after that interaction we had to do this episode where (laughs) and like as i was writing the outline for this i was like thinking back to the situation i was like oh what was triggering me oh man triggers i mean as you're telling the story and you're very eloquently walking us through all your feels i felt triggered by what you were going through especially when you're like oh he cut you off i'm like oh my god how dare he right and so like i think that that's when i started to think back because like when we came back my mom still thought it was hilarious that he was like so insistent on helping me but we were both obviously triggered by one another yeah but yeah so like i really wanted to like get down into like why i was feeling so triggered and that is the perfect segue into what we are talking about today (laughs) it's perfect yes we're talking about triggers triggers that are triggering (laughs) all the triggers all the feels because like this is a topic where i think as you get older and you're working on self-development and self-awareness you start realizing your triggers and you start realizing things that make you so upset or feel a lot and you're like oh why because usually with triggers we come with a really gut reaction we don't think about it we're unconscious about it you're like you're annoying me it's you and you react accordingly Mm -hmm. and then now it's like Okay, so what's really going on? Because these triggers are like the same triggers. If you actually pay attention to it, you're like, it's the same things that keep coming up. Why? And it just gets to a point where like, I don't want to react this way anymore. I don't want this to bother me anymore. But how do you come from a place of just letting it go? Like genuinely feeling like, okay... It's not me. I understand. I see the other perspective and you're all zen about it. Like, how do we get to that place, right? How do we get Dalai Lama about this? And (laughs) That's why we wanted to talk about this very triggering topic because like, how do we get to the root of the issue so that, you know, these triggers eventually fade away and no longer become triggers anymore? So let's dig into our real, valid, personal triggers. Why don't you start us off? What are the things that trigger you? Oh, <laughs> as I was, like, listing these, I was, like, getting, like, really, like, fired up. But, you know, kind of referencing just the instance that I just told you guys about, I think the fact that he was being super condescending mm-hmm. and him as, like, a white man male trying to tell me like oh you didn't think about this or you didn't do that and I was like hey bro I tried all those things I've been on the phone with all these people like you're not listening to me I think that that's what triggered me and the fact that he kept cutting me off like I think that one of my triggers is like not being heard not being understood and I think that that's why sometimes I have this like roundabout way of telling stories because I was like I don't want to leave out any details to kind of like overcompensate in a way I'm the same way yeah yeah but then for him he was just cutting me off not letting me speak and I was like oh (laughs) like I did all the things that you're suggesting that I do and you're not listening like you're not hearing me say that I've done all these things 
it's kind of funny because like in his way he's trying to save time by like cutting to the chase right and you're like well if you just listen to me then i wouldn't have to repeat this again right you would get the context of what i'm getting so i'm trying to save us both times exactly that also made me feel this is another one of my triggers like just criticism of like my capabilities mm. like people are making assumptions about me because of my gender or my race like mm. oh you're a girl you probably don't know that much about phones which okay fine i don't but like i know my situation (laughs) and like i think that in the past i've had a guy like straight up tell me when i was buying furniture for my place in new york and he was like oh where are you guys getting your furniture and i was like oh we're getting it off of amazon he's like but if you get it off of amazon doesn't it come in like pieces and i was like uh yeah i can build it he was like what i would take a day off of work to watch you build that and I, oh, I was triggered. Triggered. <laughs> I was so upset about that. And I literally took photos, like a step-by-step process showing like, hey, bro, I can do this. Like me and my roommate, we put together all the furniture in our apartment together. Actually, the one piece that we didn't, she put together with one of her guy friends. And that was the one piece that fell apart. So take that. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm like talking through all of these things, I'm like, oh man, everything that I've ever been like upset about all stem to these certain things. (laughs) See, it's a pattern. It's the same thing. It totally, totally is. Other triggers that I have definitely are like people I love being taken advantage of not being heard or understood on my end or not having my friends be understood, like other people having like a negative reaction to them because of something. And then I always feel that need to like defend them. Racism. Yes. We'll yeah. we'll get into that uh, more later. Yes. And like this might be also just kind of specific to like well, no, I think that this is a trigger too. Other people wanting me to do things on their time. Mm. Oh, and then the big one that I'm very sensitive to, more so aimed towards like my parents is like my weight. Like they like to talk about that a lot. Mm. And I remember one time my dad mentioned like one thing about a dress that I put on and I was like in instant tears. And so like that was definitely like a huge trigger for me. And like that took me a while to understand like why. Cause like obviously it's not like I looked any different that day, but it was just that like one comment and in the way that he said it, that like really just like threw me off yeah it pushed that button triggers aren't necessarily just anger it's just all the emotions and feeling sad and upset what are some of you oh girl i'm, I'm ready <laughs> this list is ready for you i like i had to stop myself because i was like this episode can't just be about all my triggers <laughs> okay so there's some that we do overlap but i'm just gonna go down mm-hmm. the list M- one of my main triggers like i realize through most of my life has been when i feel forced into doing something i put an automatic resistance to i'm not gonna do that Mm. just because you told me to do it even if originally i wanted to do it now i don't want to do it (laughs) so just like i'm just very triggered by that and it doesn't even have to be like you have to do this it could just be like hey what about this i'm like no i don't want to do it anymore (laughs) so there's a lot of resistance to to that men Mm. (laughs) men and their fragile male egos like uh that's just mansplaining like what you were saying how yes. they just are like shutting you down and they're already telling you how they think that you should feel what you should do and i'm like excuse you excuse you yeah uh, let okay me you speak. need to back up right now yeah yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when people talk to me like i'm an idiot i really don't like that the condescending part right witnessing or being around any type of mental physical emotional abuse mm. oh yeah trump <laughs> <laughs> Like, if you just mention his name, I'm just like, 
Ah, oh, breathe. It's like we need to start doing the thing like in Broad City where they bleep out his name. Really? Yeah. Anytime they say his name on the show, they bleep it out. Oh, man. I know somebody else in my life that that should happen to <laughs> as well. Racism, stereotypes, discrimination, blatant disrespect. Mm. Um, not only just to me, but like is it to other people, people that I love or even just strangers. When I see that happening, when I see a video, right? You know, you see all those things and you're just like, oh, man, that person just blatantly disrespected that other person. Ooh, and I just feel, I start feeling really triggered. Mm. Someone else taking credit for what I did, mm-hmm. not getting acknowledgement for something that I did, um, friends getting mistreated, cultural expectations like the whole you have to do this because of tradition like there's no logical explanation to it they're just like you have to marry by this age you have to have kids you can't question your parents or go against anything that they say or else you're a bad kid and you're not gonna succeed eat this women can't do this men are more valuable yeah just all those things that oh that was a very easy walk through <laughs> I feel like both of us well first of all it's hot and second of all yeah. our bloods are <laughs> boiling at this point i was gonna say i'm already sweating i was already hot but now i'm sweating know, after just listing right? all those just things. like getting really worked up and just like feeling the emotions that just listening to those triggers like bring because i think that we have a lot of overlapping ones and we've talked about a lot of these triggers before too um but to hear them all together in a row is very unsettling <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot. And that's when you start realizing, like, when you start listing this, this is why we're saying journaling and all that. When you're listing it and you force yourself to really think about it, you're like, oh, shoot. Like, there's actually a lot. And then, because you're in that frame of mind of, like, what are my triggers? You start coming up with things that you didn't even realize. You bring yourself back to those moments that you felt triggered and you're like, oh, yeah. And then you start questioning, like, why? What's going on, right? So this is why we're doing this. Let's go into our reactions and what happens when these triggers come up. What are the thoughts? What are the behaviors? So what happens for you? Yeah, it's funny because I think that because I was like taught to be so mild-tempered, I feel like these initiary like mean reactions, like I would say that I had at the Apple store, really come out more so with like family members or like complete strangers. And that's like the crazy part to me too, that like, I feel like I'm much more comfortable being mean to people I don't know (laughs) in a way. Because you don't care what they think. Yeah. I don't care what they think. And I think that there's also like a level of disassociation. Like I'm probably never going to see that guy ever again. Mm. But I think that too, uh, kind of along the realms of like that misunderstanding, this is like my one interaction with you. And like, this is going to be your impression of me. But the thing is, like, I can't control myself in the sense that, like, when I feel like I'm being disrespected and not listened to, like, I get very worked up to the point where I'm really clearly trying to get my point across. And if they keep cutting me off, then I'm just like, I don't want to talk to you about this. Like, I don't want to talk to you anymore because you are making me. Yeah, just basically but like i try to say it in the nicest way possible like i try not to yell at people that really like yelling at people is never really my like initial reaction but sometimes in a situation where i do feel attacked in a way like i do get really worked up and then i think that with my parents too like family is <laughs> 
family is just like Christine's giggling because I'm sure she like you, we all feel this right like with yeah. your parents like your fuse is just so much shorter than with like everyone else like they could just look at you and you're like oh my god yeah just pull it together <laughs> yeah exactly it. and like you know with my parents sometimes just in the way that I say okay they will get upset with me and sometimes <laughs> in the way that I close the refrigerator door they will get upset with me the triggers work both ways the, that's exactly a hundred percent and so so I think that my initial reaction is always just to snap back mm-hmm. and that's kind of like the rising point, you know, like on a roller coaster, like when I start snapping back, then that's when you can tell that I'm like irked. Yeah. And because I always like try to keep my emotions down, if I do snap at like my best friend, I, I don't snap at them that often, but if I do, that's when I can tell like, oh, it's, it's coming. <laughs> so what, what happens after that? Like what, what's coming? <laughs> what comes is just like me just spilling out everything that I'm feeling. Ah. Like, uh, I think I've talked about this before where I got into like this verbal argument with someone in class before when I was doing my master's program. And I was literally like, you're not listening to me. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you everything that I'm trying, you know, like that's like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what's coming. Yeah. When you're in that stage, mm-hmm. are you cognizant of what is coming out of your mouth? I think that I have the tendency to like really filter what I say. But in that instance, it's like a lighter filter. Like mm. sometimes things can probably come off like a little meaner than I mm. intended to. But it's because in a way I'm like trying to assert dominance, right? Because I want my point to get across. I want to be heard. So my tone completely changes. I feel like on a daily basis, this is what my voice sounds like, right? But then when I'm talking, I'm like, you're going to listen to me because, you know, it's like that stern, like mother yelling at a kid voice where you get very just like, no, please let me talk. This is how I feel. This is what I think we should do, et cetera. Right. And then it levels up when that person matches you with that, like... Mm intensity that's a right for and me then, yeah and that's when you know the the voices start getting raised right because you're trying to talk over each other and yeah i, I completely agree with asserting the dominance mm-hmm. and my default reaction is that too because i know where that comes from i talked about it before growing up i watched and observed and internalized that's how my parents fought with each other all the time mm-hmm. and they would cut each other and say really really awful things so that's how i started to express myself mm. and i think we're like stubborn people in our family <laughs> and i realized that like my mom my dad me and my brother all share that same thing of like don't tell us what to do <laughs> <laughs> But we're very much, we come from that. We tell each other what to do. I was just about to say. Yeah. yeah. So then that's where the double triggers come in from. So when I get triggered in the past, and still do sometimes, like I just blow up. It's same thing where at the time in my head, I actually took pride in like, I'm expressing myself and how I feel. I'm not holding back because honesty is a value of mine. So I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel <laughs> about this and this situation because you deserve to know and I deserve for myself to let this out. So that's always been innate in me, but I've twisted it into like a positive thing, right? Mm. And for you, you're like, oh, you know, I reserve that for people that I care about and strangers. There is no barrier for me. Like if, whether you're an acquaintance, whether you're a stranger, whether you're, well, okay, I don't, I want to talk like that with my grandma. I think when it, okay, maybe that's the person that I'm like, okay, I'll just hold it in. But yeah, there's no discrimination when it comes to my anger and my honesty. I mean, you can even tell the way that I'm talking right now. It's like, oh, there's a lot of intensity behind it. And 
what I became aware of is that I immediately become defensive and I lawyer up. I start gathering all my evidence, even after post-fight, right? Mm -hmm. In my own head, I'll just be like, okay, so these are all the reasons why I'm right and they're wrong and I need to validate myself because in feeling triggered, obviously it's a trigger for a reason. I feel like I'm not getting hurt. I didn't get my point across necessarily. And even if I did quote unquote win, I still feel like I know internally that it wasn't really about winning. And it's coming from my own perception of myself. I may not have been aware of it at the time or mature enough to process it back then, but I knew that gathering evidence, I would feel more justified. The triggers bring out a reaction and result. It's like everything in my life. I always have to learn the hard way. So I start realizing that this is not a behavior or thought pattern that benefits me or anybody. And the triggers, they're still there. No matter how mad I get or how much quote-unquote I win, they still come up in different people. What are the results from when you snap and you go on that roller coaster of feelings that you have? Like, what are the results from that? I think that's probably one of the reasons why I'm like so much more willing to fight with strangers (laughs) because then I don't have to deal with them afterwards. (laughs) Um, But, you know, when it comes to like my parents, we definitely get into it will just start snapping at each other and then they'll be frustrated because they feel like I'm being disrespectful towards them and then I feel like I'm not being heard and then it turns into an argument. And I think that as a kid, those would turn into screaming matches and then screaming matches would turn into me crying and then they'd be like, why are you crying? You know, like it would be that very stereotypical how we would imagine like parents and children fighting. And with that classmate that I had, it took us a really long time to be able to see eye to eye and I still don't think that we do. But I think that we did end up having like more conversations after that. And I think that we kind of got to the root of certain things. And there were a lot of things that he did that I really didn't agree with. And I was the only one that was like really vocal about it. That's when we really needed to talk things through. And I'm hoping that he heard me. I don't know if he did, but I think that in the instances after the argument in class, literally in front of our professor, we were both just like, I don't want to talk to this person. He probably thought I was crazy and I thought that he was infuriating. And like a lot of the times, if I never have to deal with them again, like Apple man, um, (laughs) it does go unresolved, right? Like that's going to be his impression of me forever. And that's my impression of him. But in the instance with that classmate where we will have to be doing projects together and traveling together and doing all these things together, that was a period of time where I was like, yeah, okay, we do need to see eye to eye to a certain extent. It was crazy though, because like, I feel like our cohort, like while we all got along, like there were certain people who definitely did not get along and like the professors became extremely aware of that. And then to like kind of resolve the issue, they started putting us in different groups Mm. because it just got so intense. The triggers, right? It impacts other people. That's Mm -hmm. like something that we may not be conscious of too. And that's another reason why I realized I was spreading that negativity and that energy like I said afterwards I'll like talk to other people about it it just fuels that over and over and then other people kind of get triggered by your like even when you're sharing the apple story I'm like ooh, yeah and I didn't like that and you like seek validation from that as well right like by me telling you that story and having you agree with me that validates my trigger that validates like oh this is this is the appropriate reaction to have next time this were to happen again yeah it is true like you said like it doesn't get resolved And that's what I noticed too with family, at work, whenever I got triggered and stuff. 
what I learned to do was just stuff it. Because I was like, at the end, it was just about winning. Yeah. It was about just having a one-up on something, feeling like you're not really addressing what's really happening. And I think triggers, the biggest learning lesson for me has been like, it's not about the person. When you're triggered, it's all about you. Like as in the projection of what you're telling yourself in that moment. And it's so hard because our minds are conditioned to be like, it's him, it's her. It's like, you're the problem. Yeah. You, <laughs> right? And it's, we're not really focusing on the actual reason as to why we're feeling triggered and realizing that the button existed even before this person. It's really hard with family because there are first interaction to human contact they're the ones who created the triggers (laughs) yeah you feel that right you're like oh because of my mom and dad they made me feel this way about myself so therefore i feel i'm not good enough right Mm -hmm. i think it's easier at least in my head to be like oh it's because of you and i blame them but to be honest you can have people with amazing parents and they still feel like they're not good enough Mm -hmm. because the world makes you feel that way in different ways so realizing that it's not about that person who's pushing your buttons it's about the buttons Mm. Want to stay up to date on the latest news but don't have time? The Newsworthy is a great daily podcast that keeps you up to date with everything you need to know in less than 10 minutes. Unlike many news sources that can leave you feeling depressed, The Newsworthy is fast, fair, and fun. Search for The Newsworthy wherever you listen to your podcasts or go to thenewsworthy.com to check it out. I think this is a good part to dig in deeper and explore why. How do we flip the narrative? You know, earlier you said like, oh, you just lose control. But then the actuality as a grown adult, it's like, well, you have a choice. Mm-hmm. Yes, it comes from gut reaction. And you, your feelings, what I'm trying to say is like your feelings are not invalid. Like Apple guy, totally valid to feel <laughs> pissed off, you know? There's definitely a trigger there. He definitely is infuriating. However, how do we flip the narrative so that, that we don't feel like we're losing control? Because now... We're not children anymore. We don't have to feel like we're up against the wall and that the lack of control makes us act like caged animals. (laughs) Coming from a place of like, okay, this is not representing my best self. I know this is not me. Even though, yes, we have very extreme versions of ourselves. It's an emotion. It comes and goes. It doesn't have to define us as a person, right? So then let's dig in deeper. What are some things that you feel these triggers stem from? And what have you learned to change the thoughts that are happening in your head? Definitely, you know, my childhood of being an only child. I think that there were a lot of times where I was just the youngest So I was dismissed a lot. And then being an Asian American woman and growing up in an Asian American culture, it was just always taught to us, like, not in the sense that, like, you don't matter, but it's just like, oh, she's young. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Like, just very easily dismissed. So then I think that to a certain degree, I always felt like I wasn't understood or wasn't being heard. As I started growing up and the American culture and like my parents' culture was just so different. There were a lot of things that they didn't really know how to like guide me on or just didn't really know how to have like an opinion on. Like they always just taught me to go with the flow and that's what I was trained to do. And so as I kept going with the flow, I kind of felt this 
push and pull of like emotions within me. And then I think that I was like, well, I'm trying to explain it to you, but they're like, no, well, you just, you're, you're having too many opinions. You're not going with the flow enough. Mm -hmm. And so I think Mm -hmm. that just kind of like a whirlwind of like all of that just pent up (laughs) anger in a sense really affected me and the way that like I see myself. And so I think that for a long time, I always told myself like, okay, you're right. Like, you know, people are right. Like my opinion doesn't matter. Like people don't care what I have to say. I kind of almost just like exist to exist, not to really make a difference in any way. I think that was definitely a huge thing. And then because everybody else was succeeding as well, it was like really hard for me to like find that like validation in myself to be like, okay, like what are the things that I'm good at so that like I can have that confidence to not be triggered by these things. But then I think that I would just always look at all the things that other people were good at and all the things that I wasn't. And so any like condescending comment, it just kind of almost felt like people were attacking me, even though they probably probably weren't like that was just how I thought of myself it's like those memes right where you're like I feel personally attacked because yeah, you're I accurately feel- <laughs> describing everything that you're feeling exactly that's me like constantly you always send me dms and you're like that's I me. feel personally attacked by this that's yeah. me that's me yeah because like <laughs> like I think that I just relate to those situations a lot I relate to memes a lot that's my life now same but yeah like I think that my parents definitely had a lot to do with it and I'm again not blaming them in any way. It's just, that's kind of where I first heard, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. And it was in a very like, oh, you're a child. We are the parents. And it wasn't until recently that I feel like my parents' relationship with me, we're more like peers now. But even so, like, I think that there are certain times when I feel misunderstood or not heard and they're just trying to bestow their wisdom on me. And I'm like, but listen to me, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's different, right? To to be seen, to be heard as an adult now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and not be that same little girl that they've treated and everything that you described earlier. It's weird. Yeah, it, it is. I realize that these triggers just come from a place of just hitting a nerve somewhere along your life and your path we told ourselves something there was an assumption there was a limited belief we filled in the blanks about something about ourselves so when somebody else hits that nerve and you're really sensitive about it of course you're gonna have that react it's like a wound Mm -hmm. right it's an unhealed wound and i realized that triggers a lot of it when i trace back to it were just me as a wounded inner child just feeling like i'm crying underneath there i'm like don't talk about that why are you like bringing attention to that that. yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and it's just it doesn't have to do with that person even if that person agrees with what i feel i'm not good enough in it's not about that because there's some other things that people criticize me on and i'm like i don't care about that yeah, talk about my hair. I like my hair, you know? <laughs> like, when I went blonde, there were a lot of criticisms about, like, oh, it's just another Asian girl that wants to be white with, like, blonde hair. And I'm like, okay, that's totally you. It has nothing to do with me. <laughs> I like it. It's something different, right? But then when you talk about my looks, then I'm like, <gasps> I immediately feel that gut reaction of just, like, <gasps> I am dealing with that, right? Yeah, I definitely relate to that, like with my weight, right? I think that I am always working on being comfortable with myself and being comfortable with the way that I look. And then when it comes to like my style, I'm like, oh yeah, I really like this shirt. And if someone tells me like, oh, that shirt doesn't look good, like it feels like an attack (laughs) on me. And it's like, well, that shirt doesn't look good because it's on my body. It would have looked a lot better if it was on her body, you know? And so that's... Triggered. (laughs) (laughs) Triggers. Exactly. So going into how we deal with triggers now, 
right? Because my reaction before, uh, and then when I say before, this is like it's still You're like it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I still can have those reactions, like you said, with parents. The other day, my dad texted me something, and especially with parents. A lot of times they don't change, you know, we're like, you always say that, you know, and then they said, like, you always do this, right? You're a different person now. But yeah, he just texted something that was so triggering for me. And my gut reaction is I go tit for tat, right? Mm. There were times in my 20s that I definitely was still like, he'll say something and I'll just serve it right back to him. He'll be like, you're almost 30 and you're still acting like you're 12. I'm like, you're 60 and you're still (laughs) acting like you're 12, you know? And he'd be so pissed. And I know, I like, that's exactly what triggers are. You want to press the other person's buttons Mm -hmm. because they pressed yours, Mm -hmm. right? So a new (laughs) self-aware, working on myself, Christine, has learned to take a breath and take a step back. Like whenever I feel that rage building up, like Regina said, the snapping that's about to come, I take a break and I tell him either I walk away from the phone. A lot of it is through text because now a lot of communication is through text. And I, I realize not just with my parents, with other people, I might misread it in a way. Yeah. Right? And I take a step back. And if I, whatever I need to do, if I, if I'm on the phone, even with my mom and she's saying stuff, I know it's getting me fueled up. I'm like, Hey, I have to go. I don't even have to explain it to her. Right. Where I'm like, Oh, you're getting me mad right now. I just go like, Hey, I have to go right now. And in that moment, we'll just be like, Hey, what's going on? Cause I feel it. And I'm asking myself, what are the thoughts that are pushing me to this level of intensity? Like with my dad, if he says something that's triggering, I'm like, okay, so it makes me feel like he's saying that I'm stupid. Like, I don't know how to be an adult. Again, I'm acting like a kid. Like, I haven't changed at all. And playing that through to the end of like, well, essentially where it's coming from, from that inner wounded child of like, oh, he doesn't love me. He's disappointed in me. You know, he's making me feel shame. And I feel shame. I feel guilt. I do feel those things. That's why it's so triggering because he's telling me to do something. I don't want to do it because I'm a grown adult now in my head. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, don't force me. Don't force me to do anything that I don't want to do, you know? Respect me. And I feel disrespected, right? Mm, But then I mm -hmm. also am grappling with the shame and guilt of not listening to him because I've always been told by them with that narrative that if you don't listen to what they're saying, then that means you're disrespecting them. That means that you're not a good daughter. That means all these things. And then I trace it back to, again, that inner child that feels like, oh, my parents won't love me then. Because that's what I did before for validation, for love and acceptance. I try to do everything to please them. And that also morphed to other people. That's why the people pleasing and all of that, right? So when I don't get acknowledged, I feel triggered because I'm like, I just, I worked so hard to please you. And you're telling me that it's not enough because then I feel like I'm not enough. So everything is like a fun house mirror of a reflection. Like the triggers are just a reflection of what I am telling myself or what I feel like I'm not a good enough in. Are these things that you can relate to? <laughs> no, a hundred percent. I feel like a lot of the times, like the reason why we can get so triggered by our parents is because a lot of that does come out of like that need and want to be validated by them. And I think with Asian parents, like I would say that my parents are quite westernized in the sense that like they do say like, oh, I love you. I'm proud of you and stuff like that. But like to a certain extent, right? Like right now, as I'm trying to build a new business and doing the podcast, my mom does sometimes be like, well, why are you spending so much time doing that? They just have a lot of opinions. Yeah. They just have a lot of opinions about things and they want you to agree with them. And when you don't, they're like, you're a bad child. (laughs) It's literally that meme where like nobody blink. And then your parents have all these opinions that come out of nowhere. And you're just like, 
no one asked you. Yeah. And I think that there is a certain level of like cultural difference where they don't understand this need for us to express ourselves. They don't understand the need for us to have a podcast and talk about these things. So they're like, why do you need to talk about it? Get you over know, it. Who's listening? Yeah, get over it. That's one thing that I always heard. Like, get over it. Just get over it. Like, you're totally overreacting. And then that causes me to want to overreact because then I get upset and frustrated about it. Totally, totally relate to a lot of what you said about like parents and just always wanting that validation. Like I find myself asking my parents a lot for validation since being home because I think that when I was in New York, there was that level of like distance where I would be doing my own thing and it's kind of like reporting back, right? Like I'm just like, hey, FYI, I'm here now. Oh, FYI, I'm doing this now. Oh, FYI, you know, Um, versus now, like I feel like because they're like kind of in my face all the time, (laughs) they're much more involved in my day-to-day decision and they have more of a grasp of like, okay, where am I spending my time? What am I doing with my life and stuff like that? And because it is so vague to them, they have a lot of issues with it. (laughs) My mom specifically. (laughs) The thing is like, I find myself raising my voice to my mom a lot and her raising her voice to me because we just don't have that mutual understanding. And her trigger is probably like, oh my God, my daughter is like in her late twenties and she's still trying to figure out what to do. And like my trigger is like, oh my God, my mom keeps trying to tell me what to do. Mm, Exactly. The triggers trigger. Yeah. So that's definitely something that like I have to walk myself through. And I agree with you. Like I try to remove myself from the situation with my mom because we do live together again. Like sometimes I have to just be like, I'm just going to go to the other side of the house. And like, we just, we just need a break from each other. You know, we see each other too often. And I've told her that like, I'm like, mom, I love you. But I think that you and I seeing each other and spending this much time together, like we're both triggering one another. Like she's not able to live her best life life because I'm like constantly like in her like peripheral vision of like, oh my God, what is she doing with her life? And then I think for me too, like I'm unable to be like an independent person to try to make my own decisions because then if she's also in my peripheral, I'm like, oh, I should probably like run this by her. Totally. And that's where, you know, coming from this place of, okay, how can you just live your life and I live my life, right? Regardless if your mom says like, okay, fine, Regina, you know what you're doing with your life. Does that mean you know what you're doing with your life? Oh, That's what no. I always tell myself, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. So it doesn't matter what that person, like if that if they give it to you or not, because it's not about the other person, right? Yeah. Same thing with your mom. Your mom can still live her best life and not have you be a reflection of her parenting. You're an independent person. Like what are the stories that we're telling ourselves? They're filling in the blank for what we assume that person is trying to tell us when our triggers are being pushed. So that's something where I'm learning in the process of taking a step back, here is the key to release you from these triggers. Understanding as an adult, you have a choice. It always comes down to that. Yes, you can feel triggered. It does not invalidate your feelings, does not invalidate your emotions. Emotions and feelings are not bad things, but how do you want to show up? That's been the biggest game changer for me because I know I'm not that 12-year-old self that is just filled with hormones and acting on it in rage and feels like I'm backed into a corner and I have no choice. I know as an adult, I have a choice. And I know by me raging out and me building up evidence and blaming other people, that is not me. I know that's not me and never feels right. And the results of that are never long lasting and it never feels right. It doesn't feel aligned. What feels aligned is when I can say, all right, whatever this person is making me feel right now, A, level of curiosity. Why is it making me feel the way I'm feeling? That has something to do with me on a deeper level that has nothing to do with this person. Another thing 
this person may be projecting exactly what they're feeling and their insecurities on you. So there's two things that are going on that has nothing to do with the stories that we're telling ourselves. Basically, when we're feeling triggered, we are accepting the truth of what the internal critics are telling us. But that's not true. My dad feeling triggered about how I'm not doing this or that, it's probably coming from the same place as your mom. I'm not being a good parent if my kid is acting this way. Mm -hmm. And it may be a reflection of the things that they never felt that they could do in their lives, and they're putting it on us as their kids. And it has nothing to do with how we're living our lives. So at the end of the day, it's like, how do you show up as your best self? Who is your best self? And defining that. And I know that when I act up in this way, that's not my best self. And what's been really helpful is just to be like, triggers are just a learning lesson. That's all it serves. To not put more meaning into that, into like, oh, see, this is why I'm a crappy person. This is why I can't control myself. This is why this person's an awful human being. That's just attaching meaning to something that doesn't have meaning attached. That's just what we're doing as a human being. And understanding too that other people have triggers too that probably feed into that interaction. So having these conversations like with our parents, with our friends, with whoever, like I think that it's really important to just understand from a whole that like, hey, maybe Apple man was having a bad day and that's why he was so triggered by me, you know, trying to explain my situation and not letting him talk. I think that that was something that has kind of helped me just like be able to step away from the situation and try to see it from that person's perspective. And if I really can't do it in that moment to just step away, to just walk away, yeah. which is why it's really funny that Apple man did not let me step away. And he was like, no, I got this. I can help her. Like, I think that the universe really wanted you to learn that lesson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or for him to learn his lesson. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, and so like, you know, we're all just human beings, always all trying to do our best. But, you know, there will always be certain things for certain people that will get you riled up and you will get them riled up. Right. And what I'm learning too is that what I'm implementing now is setting boundaries. And I Mm -hmm. thought setting boundaries is like, I said it and forget it type of thing. Like you get it. I I told you like, this is where I'm not comfortable when you say this. And it's in no means trying to disrespect you or trying to hurt you and just trying to be compassionate, right? But the second part of that is reinforcing your boundaries. People are not going to get it right the first time. Even for yourself, it's a level of respect for yourself to be like, I know I get this way. I know that... This can bring out the worst of me and I have a choice that I don't want to do that. So I have to reinforce that boundary for myself. And it's coming from a place of love for the other person and for yourself. And that's big. That's a huge step and big thing to do. Especially, I think, when it gets to touchy subjects like politics and talking about politics with our family members who have very different opinions than we do. I remember one Thanksgiving, one of my uncles came up to me, and this is around the time that Trump got elected. He's like, oh, so you voted for Hillary, huh? And I was like, I don't want to talk to you about this. And I know that in a lot of American cultures, and I tell some of my like black friends about it, and they're like, why didn't you talk to him about it? Why didn't you try to change his mind? And I was like, because I can't. like, And I won't be able to. And he's not going to change my mind. And if anything, like talking about it will only ruin our perception of one another. And as family, sometimes I do think that it's best just to leave it said and done. They can have their opinions. You can have your opinions. There's no need to bring that into like 
the relationship and potentially ruin it, right? Like I think that especially the generational gap that we have with our family members, it is different. They had a different experience than us. There are certain things that you can really try to fight and try to get that understanding on. But if it's for the sacrifice of like the relationship that you guys have, sometimes it's just best to just agree to disagree. Yeah, it is getting to a place of maturity where eventually, regardless of what the other person continues to exhibit the behaviors and is still triggering, they're still being very aggressive or in their way, understanding that has nothing to do with you and that you can work to a point where communicating that. I think communication is key, even if that person doesn't accept it. Of course, there's there's a time and place for it, but there's also a way to communicate where like, let's say in that situation, your uncle's like, he keeps egging you on and he's wanting to talk about it. It's like, hey, I understand that this is where you're coming from and I respect that that's your point of view. It's just different from mine. And I think just for our sake, I want to enjoy this dinner with you, you know? So maybe, yeah, until we get to a point where we can talk about this in a civil way for yourself, that's just not going to politics. And that's totally okay. And but he may next time still want to bring it up. He may forget that that's your boundary, right? Or he still has nothing to do with him and he's still just like, well, I want to talk about it. And you're just like, hey, just reminding you, you know, not getting pulled into that. You just have to stand your ground. Yeah. And not feeling like, oh, see, he's doing this on purpose. Like, oh, he, he loves having a fight. Coming from that place of self-awareness and understanding who you are and where you come from as a grown person really helps you understand where your triggers are coming from and not to let that take a hold of you it's not a lack of control by making a conscious decision and understanding you have a choice is where you gain control back for yourself you know you're not being pulled into the gut reaction into what the stories and assumptions and limited beliefs that are happening in your head as you're feeling triggered so taking a moment being self-aware not judging yourself and staying curious and understanding that you have a choice. And there's an exercise that we came across and I thought it'd be a good thing for people in that moment of how do I develop the self-awareness? Because I think exercises really help in that. And we could put a link to this in the description, but just to walk through it, the exercise is basically that when you feel like you're not getting or will not get some of these needs met and some of these common needs are, you know, you're not feeling like you're getting accepted, respected, liked, understood, needed, valued, in control, being right, treated fairly, getting attention, comfort, freedom, peacefulness, balance, consistency, love, safety, feeling included, independence, and it goes on. There's so many of them. And then what you do is when you feel triggered, or you even take a moment to think about what your triggers are, choose three items from that list that you really resonate like be honest and really dig in deep and i think this is where the funhouse mirror really comes into play where you're like okay so when i'm arguing with my dad what's really happening because he's saying these things but what need is not being met for me at the time and i think it is the being valued being in control the respect and being loved. Like all these things are reflection of what I'm internalizing and telling myself. And it's beyond my dad. So when you do that and just kind of keep track of whenever you feel upset or feel triggered, like these are the common themes that you're telling yourself. And you can dig in deeper and focus on that. So my need of 
being accepted? Where does that stem from? How, how far back does this go? Where are some other instances that I felt like I'm not being accepted? And then you can get to the root of the issue. And when you play it through, you'll see how ridiculous the evidence that you stacked up to support that of like, oh, I'm not accepted because I'm not good enough because I'm stupid because I did this. Like as a grown adult, when you reflect back, you're like, oh my God, this sounds like when I was three and was making up this list. You really believe that and you're not aware that those are the stories you tell yourself. Yeah, that's a great exercise. I know I would remember looking through it and I was like, ooh, definitely relate to a lot of these. (laughs) Yeah. So try that out. Tell us how it goes. You know, I know triggers happen for everyone. Be patient. That's something that I keep telling myself because as I keep growing in my self-development, sometimes I get really upset at myself for still feeling triggered about the same things, but I'm learning like that's a lesson. It takes practice. It's okay. These are triggers that existed for a really long time and you're not going to get rid of that overnight. So you have a lot of evidence that you've used to stack to prove these triggers, to, to prove that you're not good enough. So it's it's not going to happen overnight. Definitely. Oh man, I felt like so boiled at the beginning and then now I'm like, yeah, you know what? Self-reflection, self-awareness, even my body temperature feels like more cooled down now. <laughs> it does feel good to get it out and then to talk about it with somebody, you know, you really resonate with this episode, send it to a friend. You know, I think this is something that is helpful for everyone to develop that self-awareness so we're not triggering each other. (laughs) Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. Thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. It would mean the absolute world to us if you can go onto our iTunes page and give us a rating and review. It helps us a lot in kind of understanding what you guys like and leave a comment about what topics you love to hear from us. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye!